Welcome to the Returning to Joy podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Michelle Leonard. Here, we're leading people to cultivate joy through storytelling. We hope listening will reveal pathways to unlocking the healing power of connection so that you can see your relationships and the world around you transformed from fractured into flourishing. Okay, so I'll be honest, beloved. Um, A part of me doesn't know how um, we're going to begin this episode, but I just have this sense of I I need to just start recording. And so I am doing that. I hope you are well as you're listening, whether it's early in the morning, late at night, somewhere in between, but hope you are well and, and praying for you. If you've gone on the Return to Joy website at all, and and maybe if you read the blog, then you might have noticed that one of the last blogs I did was, um, it was titled, Seven Biblical Reasons Why Rhythms of Rest Are Necessary. And the seventh reason that that I listed there was to illustrate defiance and faith. And I gave this little paragraph snippet to expound on that. And I said, Sabbath is both a prophetic declaration and a tangible act of resistance. That probably sounds familiar. We've been talking about resistance. The practice dates back to when God commanded Israel to keep the Sabbath even while wandering in the wilderness. Once a week, Israel was to live as if the ultimate rest had already come. Sabbath is a physical confession of a promised future in which Christ's reign defeats chaos, confusion, and death. I want to read that part again. Sabbath is a physical confession of a promised future in which Christ's reign defeats chaos, confusion, and death. It is also a practical act of refusal. When we observe the Sabbath, we reject a culture that insists Our worth is measured by our productivity and that our efforts alone can liberate us. Practicing Sabbath rest is an outward invitation for God's grace to strengthen, renew, and empower us. Yesterday, I'm recording this on a Monday, so yesterday was Sunday. And sometimes I pivot between like what what day am I going to observe that week as as my Sabbath, just because of sometimes my schedule is a little, it can be a little all over the place. And this week, Sunday was the the time that I took for observing Sabbath and resting. And what was so interesting is the war that I felt was inside of me this time. And it, it was perfect timing since I'm talking about Sabbath as this illustrated defiance. And I, and I felt it yesterday. I felt it because I had so many things I still needed to accomplish. I was up late Saturday night, still working um, because of a couple balls I'm juggling. And Sunday, it was like, man, there are a couple things that I think if I had a, a few more hours, I could just get done. But I kept having this like, no, no, I'm my computer is hidden. It's tucked away somewhere. And going to be intentional about like what would rest look like on this day what would what would be involved in that but it was i found it to be so hard because as i'm mentioning in this paragraph there's this instinctual belief that like we have enough of what of what it takes like you know like we i i can complete the thing i can do thing if i just work a little harder like my hard work and effort will accomplish will will complete the thing 
whatever that thing is. And, and this Sabbath was in the way of that. This taking this time to pause was in the way of me doing what I felt like I could accomplish and complete. And in those moments, when I'm saying that Sabbath is an illustrated defiance and it's a demonstration of faith, I'm saying it really does bring us into, it brings even our physical body um, subject to this hope, this, this glory that we're professing to be true. We can say a lot with our words. With our words, we can say that, yeah, truly Christ is the one who finishes it all. Like that we can do nothing apart from, from God. Like we can say those words and do lip service. And it's not actually honoring of the Lord. It's just saying the, the Christian cultural acceptable words. We know how we know what to say, right? But it's your it's our actions that actually demonstrate what we truly believe to be true. And so that rustle to like, I just want to finish it. I think I need to, I need to, you know, if I can complete this task and that task and I can finish, wrap up this site and then that, then it'll be enough. And so it's almost like we have this assumption we can get us to the enough point. We can, yeah, there's just more that we've got to do and then it can be done. So I felt that wrestle internally and I'm sure Israel had to feel that wrestle as well, too, because they were given the commandment of Sabbath while they were wandering in the wilderness. They weren't even in the place of home. They weren't in the promised land. They were still in unfamiliar foreign territory. Can you imagine? Wouldn't you assume like if there's any place where where you would want to keep going, keep working, keep building to get out of where you are and to get you to the place where you need to be? Wouldn't it be in a wilderness where you're uncertain and you are very much dependent? They are exposed. They are vulnerable. Like like there's bandits and people watching and obviously there are times when they were trusting and following the Lord. And then there were times when you can tell they were definitely not trusting and not, they were definitely felt insecure and unsafe as they're walking in the wilderness. So we're not talking about a people that had absolute faith, perfect faith here. So if there's at any point, if there's any group of people, any time in your life where you'd go, I, I think I'm going to keep working. I think I'm going to try and keep getting us out of this situation. It would be when you're in a wilderness. And that's the time when the Lord introduces the command to Sabbath to rest, asking Israel to do a thing that will cause their physical bodies to have to obey and reject that impulsive internal response that manifests outward of like, I can do it. We don't actually need God. He doesn't have to finish the thing. So Sabbath is about defiance and it's about faith. And it's so interesting. When I was out about last week or so of being on sabbatical, I think I told y'all, mentioned to y'all before that I um, I had this hope that I'd have some, you know, massive revelation or something would happen, you know, preferably on the cliffs of Moore, because I mean, that would be great to use. You know, I'm speaking somewhere one day and I'm like, you know, while I was on the cliffs of Moore, the Lord spoke to me. That'd be epic. But that didn't happen. Um, but I will say about the last the last week of being on sabbatical, it first happened while I was sitting on this balcony i was sitting out on this balcony on a chair at this hostile airbnb like place i was staying in and i had been reading through luke you know just reading chapter by chapter through it and all of a sudden i i got into some passage some and i and i just started weeping just started weeping 
And I was like, whoa, what is what is coming over me? And then a couple of days later, it happened again. I was reading, just continuing to read through Luke and I got to a certain passage and I just started weeping. And then I like was also at this I went to this church service maybe the last Sunday that I was out of, that I was out in Portugal. The pastor's preaching and I am just weeping through his sermon. Weep. I'm talking weeping. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little self-conscious. I'm like, these folks gonna out here be thinking, this girl, look at her. Mm, that poor baby. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, let it, let it, let it out. What you I'm like, these people gonna assume the worst. And I'm like, I don't like this. I feel uncomfortable. Why am I weeping so much? Like just just boohoo. And I'm like, this, I mean, the message was good, but I don't know if it was that good. Like, I'm just, I'm just weeping. And I'm like, this has never happened to me before, or like not in a long time in this kind of way. And I, and I say, this is what, there's a both and there's a part of me that's doing, going like a, what is going on? What is happening to me? And there's this other part of me that knows uh, instinctually, like, oh, I don't have to understand, just let it happen. Right. But in my curiosity, I just start flipping back to see the different passages that were causing me to just spontaneously start crying. Like it wasn't even necessarily a certain word I was reading, but I would just spontaneously begin to cry and be overwhelmed by it. And so I was trying to see, do I see any anything that's like shared in common between these passages? And the thing that seemed in common was faith. In each of these passages, someone that was highlighted, demonstrated very incredible faith to the point that it it struck even Jesus. It caused even Jesus to remark about it. And these passages were wrecking me. And I just felt like the Lord was inviting me in to a space where he was saying like, I felt like I was being challenged to have faith again. I don't know where it began to crumble. I don't know where and why, but I do know that I'm like, oh, I stopped I stopped truly having faith. And I don't mean faith in the very generic and superficial way that we sometimes talk about in the sense of like, I got faith in God. No, no. I'm talking about, do you have faith in Jesus? Do you have faith in Jesus? And these passages were challenging me because they were exposing my lack of faith in Jesus. Oh, I believe in who he is, but, but if you don't have, truly have faith, in what he is capable of, in his authority, in his lordship, in his goodness, in his presence, in his power, that his yes will be yes and his no will be no, is it truly faith? And these passages were exposing my lack of faith, and they were also exposing my desire for it again. So I want to highlight, before we wrap up, one passage, highlight a couple of things from it, not read the whole piece. But this is in Luke chapter 7. This is one of the passages. That, that wrecked me while I was in Portugal. And what's so incredible about this is yesterday on Sunday on the Sabbath day that I observed, I woke up a little in a funk and just was like, God, what do I need? Would you please take me to the passage that I, I need I need to I need to sit in? And I actually couldn't remember what passages it were it was that I was being really wrecked by, but I just felt like I heard the Lord say, Luke seven, go there. And then very quickly I'm like, oh, this is one of those passages. So in Luke 7, and I let you let you know that I'm reading from the, the First Nations version. It's an indigenous translation of the New Testament, very beautifully done and uh, put together by, by several uh, translators. And sometimes I read in this translation, one, because it, it, it reads incredibly like a, like a story, being faithful to the oral tradition. And I, yeah, I just love reading it. Sometimes it, mo- it really speaks to me. So it says, when creator sets free, 
Jesus, was finished speaking to the people, he went to the village of comfort, Capernaum. A head soldier of the people of iron, Romans, had a servant he cared for deeply about who was sick and near death. When the head soldier heard about Creator Sets Free, Jesus, he asked some elders from the tribes of Russell's with Creator to go to him and ask him to heal the servant. The elders found Creator Sets Free, Jesus, and begged him to help the head soldier. Here's the part I want you to pay attention to. They said, he is a man of honor who loves our nation and has built a gathering house for us. He is worthy of helping. I want you to notice how these servants of this head soldier, these elders, I should say, of this head soldier describe this man. They describe him as being worthy of honor. He loves our nation. He's incredibly generous. He's incredibly kind. Oh, if anyone is worth helping, it's this guy. He's a servant. He's kind-hearted. Look at the things he's, he's built. He's excellent. He runs this business. He's an excellent businessman. People respect him. They're describing this man, and they're highlighting all these features about him and trying to make this case to Jesus for why he should be helped. For why Jesus should come towards this man and and heal one of his servants that is sick or near death. It says, so creator sets free, Jesus followed them. They were not far from the house when the head soldier sent some messengers to say to him, honored one, I do not want you to bring trouble on yourself by coming into my house. He's saying this because he is, he's a Roman, he's a head soldier for the Romans, says, that's why I did not think it was wise to come to you myself. If you will only speak a word, my servant will be healed. I too am a man under orders and have many soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. My servants do what I say. Creator sets free, Jesus was amazed at, his, at this answer. He turned to the large crowd that was with him and said, I have never seen such great faith, not even among the tribes of wrestles with Creator, talking about Israel. When the elders returned to the head soldier, they found the servant well. I was struck by verse 4 through 5. As these elders are describing their leader, this head Roman soldier, and what they choose is worthy of marveling at, right? Like we can all relate to that. There's different people in our lives where we're like, oh, that person deserves or or will achieve what they want. And for whatever the reason is, insert it here. But then the thing that Jesus actually responded to, the thing that in, that struck Jesus was not that this man was of high regard, of honor, that people respected him, that he loved their nation, or that he had built a gathering house for them, or that he was worth helping. None of those things did Jesus respond to and affirm himself as good and worthy of honor. But the thing that that Jesus honored was the fact that this man had a great faith that was demonstrated by his actions. 
You know what kind of faith it takes for you to stop the person who could provide healing to the person that you're caring for from coming into your home or your place personally by tell and sending messengers to say, hey, look, stay where you are right there. Just say a word. And I know that this person will be healed. This man is going, no, 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 don't come to my house. Don't come to my place. I'm at peace. I'm at rest because I trust who you are. You can stay where you're at right there. Just speak the word. And I don't got to come to you because also, too, I know the dynamics. So we don't have to be seen in public. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. This faith that this man demonstrated, this faith recognized Christ's lordship and Christ's authority in his actions. This faith is saying, if you say anything, I know it will be done. That kind of faith just, it struck me. It's like, Jesus, do I believe that you could just sit, that I do what I do, that what I stop you and what I say, like, no, 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 you ain't got to come all with all this way. You don't have to come this far. I just need you to speak the word and I trust you. I trust you. While I'm sitting here on this Sabbath day, wrestling and trying to go like, okay, I can still accomplish it. I can still get it done. This feels so uncomfortable. Back then, that final week of being on sabbatical, and I feel like once again yesterday, I was invited into my faith to grow. I was invited by Jesus of like, Gabrielle, let your faith grow. Grow your faith. It's like this reciprocal prayer dynamic going on, if you will, where I, where Christ is speaking to me, let your faith grow. Grow your faith. And then I am groaning back up to him. Oh, Lord grow my faith, help me to grow this faith. And there's this exchange that's happening because even when Christ calls out something in us and says, this has got to change, your faith has got to grow. He's also giving us the grace and the power to grow and respond in that area. So I want to invite you to the reminder because some of you know it, it's in you. You just need to remember that rest is also about faith. Rest is about faith. It's about practicing what you believe. I'd make a case that this man's actions were an action done out of rest. Not anxiety, not control, not manipulation, not fear. Fear might have had him run to Jesus, beg him, cling to him himself, and be like, you gotta come now. But rest came out of this knowledge of Christ's authority and it demonstrated itself in the form of faith. And I invite you to consider what kind of faith is Christ inviting you to demonstrate right now? Where is your faith? Where is it? How is it? How is your faith? How is Christ inviting you right now to have faith again? Because that's the thing that moves Christ, that's the thing that moves his heart is faith. It's not your works. It's not your authority. It's not your wisdom. It's not your accomplishments. It's not your goodness. It's not all the things that you've kept yourself from doing. That's not what moves things. Maybe it does temporarily here on this earth in this kind of kingdom, but not in the one that heaven has. What is Christ saying about your faith? What invitation does he have for you? How is your faith? And how is, is Christ inviting your faith to grow? And what, is, what would be a demonstration of your faith 
out of rest, what would be a demonstration of your faith? How can you use the place of rest of Sabbath to grow in faith? I invite you to consider that question. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I am deeply grateful. I hope this episode resonated with you. And if it did, help us out by sharing this episode and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Most importantly, reach out to let me know how you're engaging with this episode and what topics you'd like to see covered in the future. You can connect with us on social media or get in touch with me directly at Gabrielle at returningtojoy.com to share your heart. I'll see you in two weeks for a new episode.